0: Today, we're going to dive into what God wants to speak to us. And um, like I said, we are celebrating Women's History Month. I am personally so grateful and I feel like publicly I need to say thank you to Elijah because I'm grateful to have a husband and a pastor that celebrates women. A husband that celebrates the qualities that God put inside of me to bring to our home, to bring to our family, to bring to our ministry, to bring to our business. I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that as a pastor, he celebrates those God-given gifts that have been put in each of the ladies in our church, the ladies that are on our staff leading our outreach, leading our kids, leading our creativity, leading so many different areas of our ministry. My goodness, I am so grateful that we get to celebrate what God has put in each of us women. And today I want to share with you a little bit um, about what God has been speaking to me, what God has been challenging me for. I, um, I know that sometimes as women, and guys, let me just let you in on this. Sometimes as women, we, we might be juggling a hundred balls in one day i don't know about any of you ladies but do you ever feel like you have to put on different hats like you feel like okay now i have the hat of student and then i take that off and i have a hat of workplace and then i have the hat of take care of my house and then i have the hat of want to be an amazing friend and then i have the hat of being a mom and maybe you have the hat of business owner or all these different hats that we feel like we're wearing and today I want to take just a minute and I might want to just strip that away and I just want to dive into foundationally what does God want to do in you and what does God want to do in me? What is the foundation of it all? And I want to read to us today from Proverbs 31. And you may have read this scripture so many times before, but maybe you've never read it before. And I am so excited to read this again. I hope that you'll like, peel off anything that's on your eyes and look at it through a new perspective. I love, I've said this so many times when I've spoken, I love to read the Bible fresh every time, reading it fresh saying, not just what I learned in the past, but God, what do you want to speak to me today? And so if you will grab out your Bibles, grab out your phones, grab out your notebooks or maybe your notes in your phone. Cause listen, I'm going to be giving you a lot of scriptures to write down today. I'm excited to equip you with scriptures that you can memorize, that you can recite, that I hope will push you deeper into the place that God wants you to be in your relationship with Him. But let's read first Proverbs 31. And we're gonna start in verse 10. And this is a wife of noble character. Okay, let's, let's read through this passage and then I want to share with you a few cool things about it. Verse 10 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. "'She gets up while it is still dark. "'She provides food for her family "'and portions for her servant girls. "'She considers a field and buys it. "'Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. "'She sets about her work vigorously. "'Her arms are strong for her tasks. "'She sees that her trading is profitable "'and her lamp does not go out at night.'" In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land." Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Let her works bring her praise. You know, I used to read this scripture and if I'm honest, when I was younger and I read it, I thought, oh my goodness, this is such a list to be attained when I'm a wife. I thought, okay, so I got to get ready for this. I mean, if I'm honest, when Elijah and I started dating, uh, Elijah was the first person I ever dated. And when we started dating, I in my mind had this like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, and I ended, I got married so young. I got married at 21 years old, but I remember being like, I mean, I don't know. Like, this is a lot of responsibility to be this as a wife. it almost felt like a checklist, like getting up before the sun and making clothes and doing all these things. And, and I know it's not, you know, a, a checklist that you have to check off and do every day, but it felt like such a, such a thing to carry as a woman. And I remember though thinking, you know what, that is something for when I become a wife. But can I tell you, God challenged me with that early on before Elijah and I ever got married. Actually, it was even before we were dating. I attended a leadership school in Seattle and we took a year and it was like similar to a master's commission. And it was a year and you take the year and it's like, you know, you're learning leadership, you're learning ministry, you're learning excellence, you're learning to seek the face of God. And during that time they have standards. And one of the standards was that we weren't going to date during that year. And I remember setting in that time with God and reading through the Bible during that time and reading this and saying, God, what is this to me right now? And so I want to speak to you out of this scripture, no matter where you find yourself sitting. Maybe you're a teenager. Maybe you're a single woman. Maybe you're a wife. Maybe you're a mother. Maybe you're a grandmother. Maybe you're a man. Maybe you're a guy who's married or maybe you're not married yet. No matter where you find yourself on this spectrum, I believe that God wants to speak to us through this scripture. You know, what's fascinating is this scripture was actually written to men. So guys, definitely don't tune me out because this scripture was written to men that would be read on Friday nights. And it would be something that is read in the home as a celebration. It was written to men to essentially, this is the woman that you're looking for, a woman who carries these traits. And when you find this woman, you celebrate those traits. You speak life into those traits. You elevate those traits. Can I encourage us? Listen, I am one of, probably if you know me, I'm one of the most strong-willed women. I am like, anything you can do, I can do. Like, here we go, we got this. But I wonder what would happen is if we took off that expectation that women can do everything a man can do. And what if women, we focused on doing what God wants us to do. Focused on being who God wants us to be. You know, it's incredible to me to look at the women in the Bible that Jesus chose to to speak to during his time on earth. And even before he was here, the women that God used in the history of the Bible to bring us to the point of our savior. It is incredible to me because in those biblical days, women did not hold the place that they hold in today's society. And yet God, chose to use specific women for his purpose, to accomplish his purpose of reconciling his creation to him, to bring Jesus to earth for Jesus to die and raise again so that you and I can have salvation and go to heaven. He chose to use women in that lineage. Listen, that's incredible. That's not something to be just read over. You know, in this Women's History Month, we celebrate what women have done. You know, it was not too long ago that women didn't hold jobs in the corporate workplace. It was not too long ago women couldn't vote. It was not too long ago women couldn't have a place outside the home. You know, these are these are modern day advancements that we've made. But can I tell you, even back to the Old Testament, there are women that God chose to use through his story. You know, I look at Ruth. I look at Ruth and the way she was a support system and stayed faithful to Naomi in a time that she didn't have to, but she chose to stay faithful. I made a list of some of the women that I love to study about in the Bible. I love studying Esther. You know, Esther married a king and in turn saved God's people because of her boldness, because of her obedience. We have Deborah, Deborah was a judge over Israel, holding one of the highest positions in Israel. We have Elizabeth who gave birth and raised John the Baptist. We have Mary who was the the mother of Jesus. Can you believe that? And she was so young and she was not married. We have Rahab, who was a prostitute, come on, who hid the spies to save the promised land. We have Mary and Martha, who were Jesus's closest friends. We have Lydia, who was a businesswoman who hosted Paul and Silas and helped to fund their ministry. Listen, I don't know where you find yourself, ladies, but I hope that as we're going through this list, I hope you're looking at this saying, no matter where I find myself, no matter what my career choice is, no matter what my heritage is, no matter what my past is, God can use me to accomplish His mission on earth. The beautiful thing is it didn't stop with Jesus. When Mary gave birth to Jesus and he came to the earth and he died and he rose again and he appeared to the women first. Come on, it didn't stop there. There's a purpose for your life and a purpose for mine. And so I hope that we can peel back the, I'm not good enough for, I've done this in the past. I'm not called to full-time ministry, but I'm still in college and I'm this old, but I'm not married and I'm this old, but I don't have kids. I hope we can pull all of that back and say, God, what do you want to do through me? You know, when God spoke to me about this chapter in the Bible before I was ever dating Elijah, before we got married, I was very challenged with this. Because in, in early days when I would read it and I learned it in, in Bible, um, like a Sunday school and missionettes and stuff like that, when I would read this chapter, I genuinely thought it was something for when I became a wife. And then as I began to dive into it, God challenged me and said, Ashley, being a wife, you, that is not a prerequisite for any. Of these characteristics. That is not a prerequisite for any of this. That is something for you to become right now that you're gonna carry into your future marriage, that you're gonna carry into your future family. And can I tell you, I looked at this scripture differently. I looked at this scripture differently where it says, you know, she brings, speaking of her husband here, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. When I read that one day, I was so challenged. I said, my goodness, what am I doing to honor my husband now at 18, 19 years old? What am I doing to honor my future husband? I didn't know who it would be. I had no idea. You know, Elijah and I knew each other since we were young. I was five, he was seven when we met each other. His family traveled through my dad's church. And so we knew each other since we were little, but never dated, never liked each other. And literally we didn't even reconnect until we were 19 again. And so before any of that, I remember saying, God, how do I honor my husband even before I know him? What prayers am I praying over him even before I'm with him? And you know, as we go through this scripture, I know that, like I said, sometimes, ladies, we feel like we're wearing so many hats. And if you look at this scripture, you might think the same thing. You might read it and say, wow, Ash, I mean, that's great. Those are a lot of good things to do. She seeks God. She's like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. She considers a field and buys it. She sets about her work vigorously. She sees trading as profitable. She opens her hands to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And you're looking at this list saying, okay, can I check these boxes off? Am I doing this as a woman of God? And let me just let me just bring you to this last scripture in Proverbs 31 verse 30. And this is where I want to land today. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says, "Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised." A woman who fears the Lord Can I tell you that's the foundational element that I hope that God rocks us with as women of God. Men, for you, I hope that you're learning how to fear God because fearing God is the foundation that everything else will be built upon. Once we bring ourselves to fearing God, can I tell you everything in your life will fall into place? Everything else will begin to line up when you get the foundational pieces right. You can work tirelessly, mom, at raising your children the way you think you're supposed to raise them. Listen, if you're a business owner, you can work so hard at closing those contracts and moving up in that raise and building your team. You can work so hard at all of these different things. But until we foundationally learn how to fear the Lord, we will continually be checking a checklist, continually we feel like we're running in a hundred directions And ladies, let me just tell you, I've been there as a mom, as a wife, As a pastor, as a business owner, as a daughter, as a friend, as somebody who wants to see lives transformed and serve our city, I've been there where I felt like, okay, I have to do this. And then my kids need that. And then I need to be this for my home. And oh my goodness, I just heard about that. And so I need to start doing this in my family. And for my business, oh my goodness, to grow it, I have to do this. And I remember running in a hundred different directions, not that I wasn't. Still in love with Jesus. Not that I wasn't even prioritizing my time with Him, but my eyes were focused on doing the things versus the fear of God. I want to read you these scriptures and I want you to write these down. Just jot these verses down because I encourage you to take these scriptures this week and write them down and put them up in your house. Put them up in your office. Make it a screensaver on your computer if you're sitting on your computer all day. I don't know what that looks like, but I love to have scriptures around my room. I love to have scriptures around my house. I think I've shared this before, but, you know, when Elijah and I first got married that first year, I was in and out of the hospital for four or five months. And I remember just writing down scriptures and covering the hospital room. I remember when we were in the hospital with Zion and we wrote scripture and covered the room. I remember when we moved into our first house here in Philadelphia and we wrote scriptures and declared what our house was going to be. We just wrote them with a marker on computer paper and, you know, painter's tape so we didn't ruin the walls and stuck them around the house. But man, we cover our spaces with scripture. And I pray you do that this week as you get this word in your heart. But the first scripture I want to read to you is Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Next, I want you to write down Deuteronomy 10:12. Deuteronomy 10, Verse 12, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Psalm 25, 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. I got three more. Keep your pen out. Proverbs Fourteen, verse twenty-six. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. Proverbs three, seven. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Last but not least, Proverbs nine, ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is an insight. Women, I wanna challenge us to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is where we get to know God. The fear of the Lord is where He reveals that friendship and that insight. Ladies, it is when we bring everything away and strip it all back, every expectation that you've put on yourself, everything society has told you to be, when you strip all that back, What would it be for you to fear the Lord? Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Listen, Proverbs 31, as we're leading, as we're leading our business, as we're leading our family, as we're leading these different aspects of our life, my goodness, are you seeking God's wisdom? God's wisdom is so different than earthly wisdom. It's so different because it leads and guides you in steps and in doors that might not make sense, but you have um, an inexplainable peace in your heart, a peace that you can follow. And so how do we fear the Lord? What does that mean to fear the Lord? Can I challenge you? Fearing the Lord is when you are in awe of the God we serve. Ladies, are you in awe of the Lord? I love, uh, many of you know Lauren, who's on our staff and she handles our outreach and she is such a rock star. And I love my conversations with Lauren because Lauren is continually questioning, but what is it like when God does this? But it's just crazy to think that God does that. And it is these questions and these mental pictures that I'm so grateful that she challenges me in that fear of the lord she has come face to face in awe of who he is ladies are you in awe of the god that we serve are you in awe of what he's given you in your family are you in awe if you're married are you grateful for who god has put you with what does that look like to be in awe of the way he's provided you for you he's kept you healthy My goodness, I can get so busy sometimes and I have made it a point, and I've told you this, I have made it a point to be disciplined about my time to slow down and to look face-to-face with the Creator. You know, the, the reason God is moving so much in the church, the reason we're experiencing miracles, the reason that we're seeing His hand of blessing on our business, the reason the kids are doing well in school virtually, That's not because of anything I'm doing in my humanness. That's because of what God is doing in my situation. I would venture to say, if you paused, ladies, in this moment right now, if you paused, can you sit and say, wow, God, I'm thankful. God, I'm in awe of the community that you've surrounded me with. God, I'm in awe of the way you've given me health and life this year. God, I'm thankful. Thankful. I am in awe of the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that I've seen you do. Ladies, we have to come to a place where we fear the Lord. And so, how do we do that? The first thing I want to challenge us with is being aware of God's presence, of pausing, of being aware of God's presence. You know, fear is our response to a power greater than ourselves. Fear is our response to a power greater than ourselves. Look all through the Bible. I love reading these scriptures. Right now, I've told some of you that I am doing a 90-day Bible shred. And I'm so excited about it. We are devouring the Bible in three months. And as I'm devouring that and as I'm pulling it apart, you know, I love all of the Bible stories. Do you know the fear of God when, when we talk about this fear? And, and I believe that it is our response to when a power is greater than us. But the difference between a human fear and a holy fear is realizing that the power that is greater than us, in a human fear, we see that power that's greater than us, but we say, okay, I don't know what it's gonna do to me. It's a, uh oh, what's coming? When we have a holy fear, We know that the power of God is greater than us, but we see that power working on our behalf. Read all through the New Testament. I love the story of the disciples in the boat. When Jesus comes and he has to calm the wind and the waves and the disciples that the Bible says were in fear saying, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this man? You know, whenever Jesus had died and rose again and he appeared to his disciples, again they're in fear. <gasps> Where did he come from? What just happened? Fear is an acknowledgement of the power that is greater than us. Can I challenge us to take time this week to, to allow ourselves to be in awe of the power that is working on your behalf? God is a powerful God, He is all powerful omnipotent he is everything and he's working for you he's working to see you fulfill your purpose he's the one opening those doors in your business he's the one bringing about those relationships he's the one that's pouring into your children through you he's the one that's giving you strength to do everything that you see ladies we have to become aware of the presence of god the second thing is to respond. You know, as we become aware of the, the, the power of God in, in this attitude of fearing who he is and what he's capable of, as we begin to respond, we have to make ourselves available and teachable for his wisdom. We have to make ourselves available. Ladies, when he calls you, we have to go. When he tells you to pause, you have to pause. When he calls you to speak, you have to speak. We have to respond to what he's calling us to do. You know, in this International Women's Month, we celebrate women that have made a stand. Some have been amazing Christian women. Some have led marches. Some have, you know, fought for rights, all different things. Ladies, can I tell you that each of us possess the power to fulfill our purpose and shape the course of history. I love the quote, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. Ladies, as we fear the Lord, as we become aware of his presence and as we act on that, and that's the third thing, once we become aware of it, once we respond to it, then we live in it. We live in that wisdom. We live in that authority. Ladies, we have to live In the word of God, every one of those women that I spoke to you about earlier, Mary, Martha, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Esther, Rahab, every one of them was aware of the power of God. They were responding to what God called them to do. And they lived in it. They acted in obedience on the daily And God used them to set you and I up for this moment in time. Ladies, we can strip it all away. Everything you've been told you need to do. I I remember that pressure. I remember when I was a senior in high school. And my dad was a pastor in Kansas City. And I remember the, the pressure that no one intended to put on me, but it was, Ashley, what are you gonna do after, after high school? Ashley, where are you going? Ashley, what are you gonna do? And I remember just feeling like I needed a response. I remember feeling like, okay, well, what does everyone think I should do? And then I love debate and I like, you know, probably not great, but I do love to argue and I'm an Enneagram 8. And so that was who I was. And so in this, I was like, you know, I'm I'm probably going to be a lawyer. And everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to be a lawyer. Where are you going to go to school? I don't know. And now I'm going to start looking at schools and praise God for supportive parents. And so my dad flew with me and we went to California. And I remember visiting schools and looking at them. And I was going to go out here to California. And then I was going to go to law school and had this whole track ahead of me. But it was my track. It was because of a pressure that no one intended, but I felt. And I remember that and I remember coming back and I was so grateful my parents were so supportive. They're like, hey, you need to get on the campus. You need to feel it, you need to. And I got there and I said, I don't feel a peace about this. I I can't step out of the will of God. I don't feel a peace about this. And you know, that's when I came back and I had to say, I actually, I don't know if that's actually what I'm gonna do. I don't know what it is, but I just know God's calling me to be obedient. And I went to a leadership college up in, outside of Seattle in Centralia, Washington. And I encountered God in such a fresh way because I put aside everything that I had been told to do, everything that society was calling me to do. And I sought the face of God. And in that year, I remember being like, God, what do you want for me to do? And I had no idea what it would look like. I knew my heart was broken for the next generation. And I knew that I I really do enjoy business. To me, work is not something that I have to do. I don't have to do a creative agency. I get to do that. I get to work with incredible clients. I get to have the most amazing team. I get to create memories. I get to run on coffee all the time. Like this is a privilege and an honor for me. And I knew these different pieces. I knew I was called to ministry, but I didn't know how they fit. Have you ever felt like that, ladies, where you're just not sure? Okay, well, I have a heart to give back. And I believe so wholeheartedly in serving our city. And I also have a heart. And this is what I want to do in business. And, and I want to do this in science. Or maybe I want to have a family. And I remember everyone telling me that I couldn't do everything. And I had to pick and choose. And, and I remember feeling like that. And I didn't know how they went through. It went together. But, ladies, it was in that moment when I began to fear God. And it was now four, four years ago that we launched out to Launch Change Church. And can I tell you that act of obedience, God began to fall everything in line. It was taking time. We took a pause, said, God, we just want to hear from you. God, we just want to see you show up in a miraculous way. That's why I encourage you, don't lose sight of the power of God. Allow us to stay fear of God, to stay in awe of the power of God. I would have never dreamed, never in a million years, that our creative agency would do what it would do. I would never have dreamed in a million years that we would have this incredible team at our church. I never would have dreamed in a million years that we were gonna go through this year of the pandemic. I don't think any of us saw that coming. I never dreamed in a million years, all these different things. But can I tell you that I've stayed in the act of, God, just keep, just keep me focused on you. You know, anytime something's come against us, we've seen God show up. I've told you this before. That's why we have a manna jar. It's because we've taken the time to see God show up. Men, I want to challenge you as we close out today. If you have a woman in your life, speak life into her. Speak life into her as she fears God. Can you create time and space so that she can fear God? Can you help her? I'm grateful for the little things that Elijah does around the house. I'm grateful that he helps me with the dishes. I'm grateful that if the house is a wreck, he's like, babe, it's okay. Let's do this. It'll take us 10 minutes. Let's get it together. Like, let's go. Let's clean this up or let's throw the toys. Like, let's get this cleaned up. Why? Because when I have somebody speaking that into me then I have the freedom to have time to seek the face of God. I have somebody who's speaking into me. Ashley, you need to speak that. Ashley, that is a word. Ashley, you need to go out with those ladies. Ashley, you need to do this. And ladies, can I challenge you? If you're not married yet, find yourself a guy that'll do that. Find yourself someone that'll celebrate what's inside of you. Because every gift, every skill, every trait has been put inside of you for this purpose that God has created specifically for you. And so I pray that as you go about this week, I pray that you have a fresh encounter with the Lord. I pray that, that you would live in an act of fearing God, recognizing his power. And then as you do that, everything's going to flow out of it. You're going to be the mom you need to be because you're fearing the Lord. When you get aligned with his power and his strength, you're gonna speak the wisdom that you need to. You're not gonna put out fires, you're gonna speak and do exactly what you need to do. And so today I wanna pray for us. I wanna pray for all of the ladies in the church, all of the ladies that are watching today. I wanna pray for you that God would number one, speak to you in a fresh way, but number two, that he would reaffirm what he's called you to do, that you would work at it like in Proverbs 31, vigorously, that you would seek God in the morning, that you would serve your city, that you would fear the Lord, that you wouldn't be caught up in charm and beauty, but you would notice, that you would speak with wisdom and boldness, whether it's a conversation with the barista when you go to get coffee, or it's a conversation with a friend in a change group, or maybe it's a coworker that you're on a Zoom call with, I pray that we as ladies are defining what it looks like to be women of God, women that see God move. And so if you would, would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? If you feel comfortable, you can just raise your hands. Say, God, I just pray right now, that you would speak directly to us as women. God, I thank you so much. God, that you are speaking to us and God, that you are moving on our behalf. God, we acknowledge your power. We acknowledge that you are at work on our behalf. God, we acknowledge the strength that you've put inside of us. God, every quality. God, I pray that you would help us to have a new sense of awe over who you are and what you're doing in our world and in our lives. God, I just pray right now for every woman that may feel tainted by the past. God, every woman that may feel that she doesn't have what she needs to get through this next week, that she's not sure it's going to take a new step of faith. It's going to take a new step of boldness to step into the calling that you've called her to. But God, I thank you that you are meeting each of us with what we need. God, the strength to walk through this week, the boldness to speak the words that we need to, God, just give us a fresh revelation of who you are. And God, I pray for every person on this stream that may not know you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that right now for an encounter with who you are. And if that's you today, and if if you say, hey, Ashley, I've never asked God into my heart, but I want to ask Him into my heart. I want my sins and my guilt and my shame wiped away, and I want to run into the future that God has for me. If that's you, if you want to raise your hand right now, let's just pray this prayer. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your Son, that Jesus came and died and rose again, to wash our sins away. God, to remove all the guilt and all the shame. And God, right now, as we acknowledge God, we acknowledge our past, but God, we step into our future. God, I thank you for every man and every woman and every child that is making that decision for you to be Lord of their lives. God, give them boldness to walk this life out, to step into what you've called them to step into, to say goodbye to the past life and the past fears and the past shame, and to step into everything you have for them. God, we celebrate this moment together. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, ladies, I want to thank you for being incredible women of God. I want to thank you for being a part of this family. And men, I want to challenge you, do something this week. Speak life into your woman, speak boldness into her, help her out, okay her to go sit down and read her Bible and take time to recharge so she can be the woman of God that she's been called to be.